gospel reading is from the book of Mark, chapter 12. It is printed on the back of your bulletin, or you can follow along in your blue Bible on page 825. One of the scribes came near and heard them disputing with one another. And seeing that he answered them well, he answered, asked him, Which commandment is the first of all? Jesus answered, The first is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, and with all your soul, and with all your mind, and with all your strength. The second is this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. Word of God, word of life. Thanks be to God. Our preaching text today comes from the book of Deuteronomy, chapters 5 and 6, selected verses. You can follow along uh, in your bulletins, uh, printed there on the back, or if you'd like to find it in your pew Bibles, we're on page 142. Moses convened all Israel and said to them, Hear, O Israel, the statutes and ordinances that I am addressing to you today. You shall learn them and observe them diligently. The Lord our God made a covenant with us at Horeb. Not with our ancestors did the Lord make this covenant, but with us, who are all of us here alive today. The Lord spoke with you face to face at the mountain out of the fire. At that time I was standing between the Lord and you to declare to you the words of the Lord, for you were afraid because of the fire and did not go up the mountain. And he said to them, I am the Lord your God who brought, who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. Now moving to chapter 6, verse 4. Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord alone. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. Keep these words that I am commanding you today in your heart. Recite them to your children and talk about them when you are at home and when you are away, when you lie down and when you rise. Bind them as a sign on your hand. Fix them as an emblem on your forehead and write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. Word of God, word of life. Dear friends in Christ, grace and peace to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. Amen. So many of you know that I am a pen turner, and when your hobby is turning pens, there's almost never a piece of wood too small to keep. And so as you might imagine, my shop has all kinds of buckets that are just full of tiny pieces of wood because I'm just certain that someday I will find a use for them. Eh? Because every time I look at a small piece of wood and ask, should I throw it away or keep it? The answer is always, keep it. Keep is a, a really important word in our scripture reading today. And really, when you open your eyes to it, you will begin to see this word keep as a key word throughout all of Scripture. That word keep appears again and again in our, in our sacred Bibles. The Lord bless you and keep you. 
right? That's from Numbers chapter 6. The Lord is your keeper. He keeps your going out and your coming in from this time forth and forevermore. Psalm 121. And today in Deuteronomy chapter 6, we hear, Keep these words that I am commanding you in your heart. I believe that part of the way we were created as humans is to be keepers. Those who gather, those who set things apart, call them holy. Some follow that instinct and hoard tiny pieces of wood. But our most sacred task of keeping is to grab onto and keep God's word. But before we get further into this idea of keeping, as usual, we have to set this reading in context to make some sense of it. And as has become of our pattern lately, we've jumped quite a ways forward in the story since last week's story about the call of Moses. We jumped right past the ten plagues of Egypt that God sent upon that nation to convince Pharaoh to let God's people go, right past all those frogs and locusts and darkness and, and hail. We skipped past the tenth plague, the night the Israelites ate roasted lamb, marked their doorposts with blood uh, from the lamb so that the angel of death might pass over them and instead kill the firstborn in the homes of the Egyptians. We are 40 years past the moment when, when Pharaoh finally said to Moses, you and your people may go. 40 years past the story of Pharaoh changing his mind and sending uh, his army to kill every last one of those Israelites now out of spite. 40 years past the crossing of the Red Sea, past the drowning of Pharaoh's army when they would chase after God's people in the water, rushed back to its place. And most importantly, at least to our story today, we are 40 years past the grumblings of God's people, who though they were just weeks into their liberation from 400 years of slavery, they grumbled and complained about how terrible this new free life of theirs was, how they wished they could go back to Egypt. And so God turned their, what should have been a two-week trip to the Promised Land, into a 40-year wandering in the wilderness kind of experience, so that it was not the former slaves who entered the Promised Land, but their children and their children's children. And so in our reading today from Deuteronomy chapters 5 and 6, Moses is addressing these children and their children's children. Right? They're grown up, they've got kids themselves. But none of, none of the people Moses is addressing were born in Egypt. None of them were born as slaves. Their parents are dead and gone. Even Moses will not enter the promised land. He'll, he'll get to see the land, but not enter it. Instead, it's up to him to address the people one last time, to teach them again in the ways of the Lord before his own death. These are Moses's final words to these people. That's what the book of Deuteronomy is. It, it, it literally means second law. The first time the law was given was back in the book of Exodus, and it was given to those who had come out of Egypt, and it was given on Mount Sinai. Now as they are on the verge of entering the promised land, the law is given a second time, but these are, these are more, than, more than laws. These are words about how these people are called to be different. 
how they are God's chosen, special, holy people, how they are to act like it. They will soon find themselves among people who worship other gods, who will not always think first of their neighbors, but the Israelites are to be a holy people nonetheless. So Moses reminds them about the Ten Commandments, about remembering to keep God as the center of their lives. These are also words that speak of the covenant between God and his people. And this is so fascinating about this reading. It's not a word to those in the past, but a word that's being spoken right now. Right? Did you, did you notice that in, in chapter 5, verses 2 and 3? The Lord our God made a covenant with us at Horeb. Not with our ancestors did the Lord make this covenant, but with us who are alive here today. Now, this is not literally true, right? Because nearly everyone listening to Moses in that moment, they weren't there at Horeb 40 years ago. And yet Moses' words are true because the covenant God makes with his people is brand new every day. See, this, this, isn't, this isn't a history lesson that Moses is giving the people. He's, he's not simply telling them what God had promised to their ancestors long ago. He's telling them what God is commanding them and promising them right now. And these words that Moses speaks are also words that even address those who are reading this book. And to that end, these words are for us too. God is speaking these words to us today as well, calling us to be keepers of God's word. We're here today because the faithful people of our past were keepers of God's word. Can God count on us to be keepers of God's word so that in 10 years, 50 years, a thousand years, future generations will hear these words and be kept in faith? I believe that God is speaking us speaking to us today, calling us to be different. Right? No matter how you look, or how young you are, or how old you feel, I was giving myself a shoulder massage today, and Chris Olson promised me it only gets worse. <laughs> no matter how old you feel today, right? the call from God's word is to be set apart, to be holy, to be God's people at work in the world. God doesn't call us to be like the rest of the world. The Ten Commandments, which again Moses reiterates in the verses of Deuteronomy, kind of between our two readings from chapter 5 and chapter 6 today, those commands call us to be different. Different in the priority that we give to Almighty God. In the way we set apart the Sabbath for rest and prayer. And as followers of Christ, this one who died on the cross to set us free from our sins, we're called to see our lives and our world differently. Can we be bearers and keepers of that word so that we bring it to others? Because we have a word that's greater than death itself. A word that the world needs to hear. And God has called you to be a keeper and a bearer of that powerful word. I love this part of Deuteronomy 6 that calls us to keep God's word by fixing it to our arms or placing it on our foreheads or writing it on the doorposts of our homes. That, that would work. You, if, if you want to take those words literally and do those things to remind you to be keepers of God's word, great. 
But maybe it's something as simple as, as taping this week's bulletin to the mirror in your bathroom, or they didn't have magnets back in Moses' day, but we, we have them. You could use a magnet and put it on your refrigerator, right? I don't know about you, but I'm often at the refrigerator. That sometimes becomes a, a place where I gather. Uh, and, and, and as a reminder to keep God's word holy. Not only to have it, you know, to, to remind you of that call to be different, but the call to make a difference in the world. Maybe God is calling you to a, into a nightly devotion time in your home to gather the people of your home, uh, whether it's around the, the table or around the living room, and just to make time to share highs and lows with each other and pray about those highs and lows with each other. Or maybe it's a call into, into grabbing again that practice of, of praying before meals, even when you're eating out or when you're super busy, you eat meals in shifts like we sometimes do at our house. Or maybe you could use a simple morning and evening prayer or maybe add a, a devotion like Christ in our home or, or go online to Luther Seminary and find the God Pause devotions. Or, or maybe, maybe you want to read from your Bible every day the way that Pastor Tom and Pastor Warner have been challenging us with the, the Bible in a year readings. Maybe you and your family feel called to pray for the people that are listed in our bulletin every week. And not only pray for them, but maybe reach out to them with a note just to let them know that they've been prayed for by your family. Maybe, maybe you and your family will identify a, a, a ministry partner and collect spare change for a month and, and give it to that ministry partner. Or maybe you want to turn your car into a rolling sanctuary and listen to godly music or, or scripture for yourself. And then the hope is that those practices then drive us as people centered, as people who keep God's word, to be able to share that word, that truth with those around us. Whatever you're feeling drawn to, may the Holy Spirit grab hold of it and bless the world through it. Hear, Emmanuel. The Lord is one, the Lord alone, and you shall love the Lord with all your heart, with all your strength, with all your life, and your neighbor as yourself. So that you and your children and your children's children, the, the generation that comes after you and the generation that comes after that might know the Lord. And so let it be so in our homes, in our hearts, in our lives, in our world, for us and through us, in the name of Christ. Amen.